This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. This morning, our subject is simple. It's entitled, We're on a Journey. And I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me today, please, to Psalms chapter 121. And uh, you, they will get these scriptures on the screen for you. If you're watching at home, I'd like to encourage you to join us in turning your Bibles as well to Psalms chapter 121. I want to let you know that the next several messages in this series, The Anchor Holes, I'm going to take from the Psalms. And I hope that it will be a blessing to you. I want to share with you maybe perhaps something in the very first verse of Psalms 121 that maybe, just perhaps, there's someone in here today that does not really know the true meaning behind the passage. And if that's the case, if you learn something new today in God's Word, even if it's just the meaning of Psalms 121 verse 1, then I will say glory to God, hallelujah. I want you to look at verse number one. This is a classic passage of scripture. And you have heard this passage either quoted or you have referenced it many times in your life. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Now I want you to notice something very carefully here. He doesn't say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And that's significant. Because in many instances, in Old Testament scripture predominantly, and I'm thinking of one place insignificant this morning, there's a little place called Caesarea of Philippi in the Holy Land. And uh, many of you have been there with me on occasion. And uh, you know the beautiful scenery that it provides and the water flows that it has. In the hills of Caesarea Philippi, embedded in various places of the hills, there are carved out areas where in the ancient of days, people would set idols into these carved out crevices. And when they were standing at the foothills, specifically in Caesarea Philippi, you could stand there and you can, even to this very day, you can stand and look at these crevices hewn out of the mountain where idols once were displayed. And many, by superstition and serving false gods, when they would come to a place like this, they would look up into those carved out areas, and that's where they would pray to their idol God. And so I want to be very clear here. That's not at all what the psalmist is declaring. And so it's very particular here when you know some of the background the scripture makes it very clear. It's not saying I will lift up my eyes to the hills because people by large and superstition did that. But it says I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. These particular hills that the psalmist was in reference to 
was in Moriah and in Jerusalem. And when these scriptures were written in Moriah and in Jerusalem, in those mountains, is where the Ark of the Covenant was, the Ark of God. And the Ark of God symbolized the presence of God. So when the psalmist is saying, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, he's talking about something very specific. The hills in which the ark of God, in the hills of Jerusalem, in the hills of Moriah. And so what he's basically saying is, I will lift up mine eyes unto the presence of God, where the presence of God is. And that's what the ark represented. And so I think if you know a little bit about the background of this verse, the meaning of it becomes much more beautiful than just quoting a classic passage of scripture. But in verse two, he says, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. And in my scripture, I have now the next word, he, I circled the word, he, that might be good for you. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Here's the thing. We are not kept by men. We are not kept by angels. We're not kept by seraphims and cherubims. We are kept by the power of God. And the scripture says, my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer. Look at this. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. You don't have to worry about him getting lazy on the job. He never takes his eyes off of us. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade. Look at this very carefully. Upon thy right hand. I don't know if you are familiar with this or not, but this term, the right hand, is mentioned frequently in the Bible. And some over 160 times we find those words, the right hand. And that signifies strength and authority. In fact, right now, Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father. Romans chapter 8, verse number 34 teaches us that. And so again, the scripture says, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. If you look in verse number 6, the Bible says, The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. That means this, that no matter how hot the day goes, or no matter how cold the night gets, Verse 7, the Lord shall preserve thee. And this is a key word, preserve. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. Now, it did not say keep you from all evil. He will preserve you from all evil. This is important. We're talking about the anchor holes. We're talking about how to deal with life's interruptions, how to deal with life's disruptions. 
how to, how to make the journey become sweeter every day. Look at this very carefully. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve, and here's the key, he shall preserve thy soul. It's like when you read a scripture in the New Testament where Jesus uses the words verily, verily. When he doubles up on that, you can know for sure that there's something very important that he wants you to know. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat uh, shall fall in the ground, or, or verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, when it's, when it's double time there, that's sort of like where the Holy Spirit is encouraging us to perk up and take some special interest and notice. And here, the word of God sort of like doubles up on this word preserve. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And here's the point in this passage. We can trust him all of the time. Not just some of the time, most of the time, but we can trust him all of the time. And so the scripture this morning the message we're on a journey, and I believe so many of the Psalms are written to remind us as believers, especially Psalms 121, that yes, indeed, we are on a journey. And this journey has a destination. Thank God we're not Christian people just wandering in some desert place. This journey has a destination. The Bible clearly teaches us that we're not wanderers, but we are indeed pilgrims. The church of the living God is moving closer with each and every passing day to this destination. Thank God we're not here to stay. The old song says, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Wouldn't it be terrible if this was all that there was? But I will tell you this. If this was all that it was, knowing what I know now about the Lord Jesus, if I had to do it all over again, I would still choose to serve Jesus every day of my life. But thank God, this is not all that there is. We're simply passing through. In fact, that's true for lost people as well. Lost people are not here to stay. Lost people are indeed passing through just like you and I. This world is not my final destination as a believer, and this world is not the final destination for the lost as well. If you know Christ as your personal Savior, you are on the road to glory. You're on the glory road. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then you're on the journey to a life separated from him for eternity. Thank God as believers. Listen now, I, when I started thinking about this blessed me, I hope that it blesses you the same amount as it blessed me. As a believer on a journey, not here to stay, and headed for a very specific destination, here's the thing. In Christ, all of us who are part of the body of Christ, we are all headed to the same place. 
I mean, there's no upper class in heaven. There's no middle class of heaven. There's no lower class of heaven. We are all headed for the same place, the glorious city of God. And I'm so glad that heaven is big enough for every single blood washed, born again, redeemed child of God. Can somebody say amen? And I'm thankful that where he is, that's where I'm going to end up. He said that where I am there, you may be also. And so as Christians, listen carefully now, all of us are promised, every one of us are promised a place in the city. As a believer, we'll not have to stand outside the gate. Thank God we have an invitation to come boldly inside. It's going to be a great day when we all get to heaven. I love that song, Brother David, we sing some times when we all get to heaven. I like the new songs. I like the old songs too. When we all get to heaven. Here's what I thought about this week. Some of us will get there early. But none of us will get there late. They'll not be able to eat supper until we get there. One way or the other. But I will tell you as a pastor, it pains me to see us go one at a time. If I had my way about it, it wouldn't be like that. One of the most heartbreaking things for me as a pastor is to plan the funeral for a friend or family member. But I will tell you this each and every time, we don't weep as those who have no hope. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. It's going to be a great day, a wonderful day, when we all get to heaven, when we're all together standing in the presence of God when we will forever be reunited with our loved ones, never to be separated again. But until then, listen carefully, as believers, we've got to learn how to walk this glory road. We've got to learn how to walk this journey with a testimony that's not only pleasing to God, but we have to walk it in faith. The just shall live by faith. Until then, we have got to learn how to walk this journey that's set before us. It's not just a given. You have to learn how to do it. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thought that I would like for you to think about this morning. Though the destination is the same, every one of us who are born into the family of God If any man be in Christ, those of us who are in Christ by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, this journey will take us all to the same destination. But here is the thing. Though the destination is the same, the journey is quite different from one another. You say, I don't understand that, preacher. Listen, and I'm no way suggesting by any means that there are different ways to heaven. There's only one way to get there. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. But when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, our steps, our path, our road, listen now, has been carefully crafted 
carefully personalized by the Lord Jesus. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalms 37, verse 23, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So here's the thing, here's the deal. When we come to know Christ as our personal savior, the Lord doesn't rearrange our life. He doesn't take the potholes out of our life just because we've trusted him as our personal savior. Just because we've been born into the family of God, God doesn't say, well, how about that? Let me just take out all the problems and all the troubles and all the potholes and all the snares and all these things out of his life. God doesn't promise that. In fact, the word says this, if we're going to be a good disciple, we've got to learn how to take up, pick up the cross daily and follow him. So listen carefully. Here's the thing. As a believer, we're all on the same journey to heaven. The destination is the same. But our road on the journey is craftedly, purposely different. You think about that. In the body of Christ, as a believer, on our way to heaven, some of us are going to have raging rivers to cross between here and there. Some of us are going to have overwhelming mountains to climb. Some of us are going to have barren deserts to cross. Some of us are going to have unprecedented storms that interrupt and disrupt our life. We're going to have troubles and trials of all sorts. Some of us are going to leave this life on this glory road. Some of us are going to leave this life headed to the destination called heaven. Some of us are going to leave in death. And some of us are going to leave in the rapture. Our, our path is different. So please remember this, that none of us can compare our journey to the other. We know where we're going. We know that we're all headed to the same place. We know there's only one Jesus that can take us there. But all of us have different roads that intertwine with problems and struggles and troubles and trials. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're all going to experience the same heartaches. Out of nowhere, listen carefully, there comes an unexpected curve or slope or drop off a place where it seems like the pavement just ends in our life, where life seems to turn a hard place of stony ground. It's in these difficult places on our journey that we need to recognize that there is never going to be a day between now and heaven. There's never going to be a day between my place right now, my journey on heaven's glory road where I do not need the Lord. The truth of the matter is I'm going to need him every single day. The word says in John 15, 5, it is without me, it is impossible to do anything so listen carefully. I need him every day. You need him every day. Don't ever get to the place where you feel like you've got it all worked out. You've got it all figured out where you have moved on from dependency on God. None of us can take on life and survive it one day without God's mercy and grace. We know we can trust God in the good times. Oh, that's not a problem. 
When everything is going well for us, and thank God for the good days, thank God for the sunny days, thank God for the days when the rain's not falling. Thank God for all of these wonderful good things in our life. God, listen now, here's the thing that I want you to understand. God is never, ever going to get too busy to care for us. No matter what our journey consists of, God is never going to get too busy to care for us. And no matter who we are, we are never going to be too small for him to stop caring. Let that sink in this morning. As we've already mentioned in another sermon series, and we've talked about it in another couple of places already in this particular series, and let this truth get deep down in your heart today, that the Bible never lies to us by claiming that when we become a believer, that it's easy for a Christian on this journey to heaven. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible's never made any promise to us that if you trust the Lord as your Savior, everything's going to turn out okay. I mean, the Bible doesn't give any of us a discount plan when we trust Jesus as our Savior. You think about that. It's perfectly clear. There are never any promises of shortcuts. There are never any suggestions of the bypass of dangerous toils and snares that are fixed between earth and heaven. But one thing is for sure. When you think about it this way, and that is this, with every single storm, with every single interruption, with every single disruption that comes into our life, we have the undisputable promise that God has promised in his word that he will never, ever leave us nor forsake us. And if you ever get to the place where you're going through a heartache, a hardship of life, and you feel that God has left you, God has abandoned you, God has turned his back on you, that's a whisper from the devil. That's not of God. And that is this, with every single storm, he's promised to be there. We're on a celestial journey. And there are a couple of things that I want to recognize this morning real quickly here. And I want to go through them with you on your bulletin today. And I want you to look at Number one this morning, because these, these three simple things, I believe, will help keep you focused, encouraged, and unmotivated. Number one, none of us can make this journey victoriously on our own. None of us. In Psalms 121, verse 2, notice this, my help cometh from the Lord. None of us have it within our own abilities to do it which made heaven and earth. You see, God is not simply a God. He is the only God. The word says that he is the Lord God Almighty and there is none else but him. He is a God who has made everything. Not only is he the God who's made everything, he is the Lord God who sustains everything. He's the God, he's the God, listen now, he is God who has everything under his feet. That means he's got everything under control. In Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16 and 17, the Bible says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. In verse 17, and he is before all things and by him all things, look at that, consist. 
So I want you to hold on to this truth this morning. One day, when you feel that life is abruptly pulling you under, remember that the one that you are calling out to is the one who has made the heaven and the earth. You're not calling out to a bunch of lucky stars. You're not thinking about your winnings of a lotto ticket and something that you scratch whenever you get into trouble. Listen, you're not calling out to a pig and a poke. When you get overwhelmed, your life's turned upside down, the roads run out of pavement, you don't know what you're going to do. When your journey has taken you into dark, chilly waters and you take a deep breath and you fall on your knees, listen now, when you fall on your knees before a holy God, you lift up your eyes unto the hill and hold on to this blessed truth. The one that you're calling out to is the one who created and sustains every single atom of the universe. That is the one who has promised to walk with you every single mile of the way. Number two, on our journey, we are never, ever out of his sight. And I know this morning because I've talked to several people this this week. In the course of this week, I've talked to several people who are indeed overwhelmed. And this is a perfect timed message of the Lord. The Lord knows what we need, when we need it, how we need it, where we need it. He's got it all worked out. Many conversations that I've had with different people this week, how was I to know back then when this series was designed, the anchor holes, that I'd be talking this morning to specific people who are going through specific trauma and troubles. Only God can work something out like that. The thing that I want you to remember, and I might be speaking to somebody this morning that's watching, you're going through an overwhelming circumstance yourself. Grab a hold of this truth. We are never, ever out of his sight. Psalms 121 verse 3 says this, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee, look at this, will not slumber. That means this, that no matter what we go through, God will never take his eyes off of us. And I'm so thankful that as a child of God, I can never get into a place where he cannot see me. My burden cannot ever get too big to where it shields me from heaven's view. In fact, I want you to see this, and I kind of referenced a story like this last Sunday. I want you to look at another passage here this morning in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 45, and let me read for you through verse number 48. And I want you to see this. The Bible says, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethesda while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And notice this. And he saw them. He saw them toiling and rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed them by. But look at this. 
while they were toiling in life, while they were facing some dire circumstances, while Jesus was in another solitary place, he was praying. The word of God says, while all of the disciples were going through this uh, pandemonium, he saw them. That ought to bless your heart today. The verse says, In verse 48, Jesus saw them toiling and rowing, and it works the same way with you and I. God, listen now, we're not a part-time experiment with God. God is consumed with us. God is consumed with us from the beginning to the end. We will never, ever be out of his sight or never out of his reach. Each one of us have personally become personalized with God. I want to show you how personalized every single one of us are. You say, people, preacher, you're talking about a lot of people. Yes, I am. But the word of God covers that base. Look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 30. I want you to see just how personal you are with God. The scripture says this in Matthew 10, 30, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. You say, well, I don't have any left. Well, what you used to have, what you used to have, he, he's already seen it. He's got it all wrapped out. Let him count the hairs on your eyebrows, on your face. Listen, he's got it all worked out. Now, if God is up to date with the very numbers of the hairs that we have on our head. I can assure you that he is up to date on every winding road, every pothole, every teardrop, every struggle, everything that we're going through. If he's up to date with the number of hairs that I have, he is up to date with what you're going through right now. Grab hold of that truth and let it bless you. You may say, well, preacher, I'm going through something earth-shaking. God hadn't stumbled on that. Look at Psalms 121 verse 3 again. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. So listen, no matter what's happening right now with you, no matter what it is, you might be a young person in here today and say, preacher, I'm going through some terrible peer pressure right now. I'm facing some things I ought not to be facing. I'm going through some things I ought not to be going through at my age right now. Somebody else might be sitting in here today and say, Preacher, at my age, I just shouldn't have to deal with this kind of thing. Look at this. No matter what's happening in your life, God never, ever gets out of touch with you. And here's the thing. God never has to be alerted. I believe all of us have a guardian angel. I believe with that. Well, all of my heart, I believe in angels. I believe in guardian angels. And I believe that sometimes we entertain angels we don't even know about, that they're strangers unaware. I believe that. I believe in the, in the, in the working of angels. I believe this with all of my heart. But listen, God doesn't need an angel to come running to him and say, Hey, brother Tony's in trouble. Hey, brother Tony's got this issue. God doesn't need an angel to run to him and say, Hey, brother, so-and-so's in trouble, sister, so-and-so's in trouble. He is never out of touch, never out of reach. God never has to be informed. He never sleeps. He never takes a day off. He will never go out to lunch. God has his eyes on us. If it's 12 o'clock at night, if it's three o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at noon, that is what the Bible says. Somebody say amen. 
That's what Psalms 121, 5 and 6 is teaching us. Look at this. Verse 5 and 6. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, no matter how hot it gets in your world, nor by the moon by night, no matter how cold it gets. Notice the word shade and right hand. I want you to hold your place here for a minute. Go back to Psalms 98. And I want you to see an, another reference here. In Psalms 98, verse number one, they'll get this quickly for you here. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand, look at that. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. And so the scriptures repeatedly speak of the right hand of God in relationship to his omnipotent power. And Psalms 121 verse 5 and 6 and Psalms 98 tells us that, that in the stressful turmoil of our life, we are protected both day and night by the powerful right hand of God. Number three, and I want to ask our musicians to come forward. And I want you to look at this carefully. God not only protects us on this journey, but he preserves us. God will never, ever keep us from evil. Evil's going to catch up with us. Turmoil's going to find us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Scripture says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment. God not only protects us on this journey, notice this, but he preserves us as well. There's a purpose in all of it. So what are you going through? Don't think for one minute God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. God does. Your steps are ordered. Your hairs are numbered. God knows all about it. There's a reason for his protection. And let me explain it to you. Look at verse 7 and 8. Psalms 121, 7 and 8. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. This doesn't mean that if you become a Christian, bad things are not going to happen in your life. Now, I want to get to that in just a quick moment. First, the psalmist is saying that we're protected from evil. That means this, that whatever the devil can decide to do to me, whatever the devil decides to do to you, God is greater than anything the devil can do to me. He's greater than anything that the devil can do to you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Never forget this, and it's an undisputable truth, that bad things do happen to good people. And there's no way to get around that. And let me take that just a step farther. Bad things not only happen to good people, but bad things happen to saved people. But they never, ever happen outside of God's supervision. They never happen outside of his eyesight. He's never, ever beyond the ability to be in control of the circumstance. The psalmist also says that God will preserve our existence. Listen carefully. If you don't get anything out of the message today but this, 
try to latch on to it real quick. God's not going to let our life end when we draw our last breath on this earth. When we draw our last breath, God doesn't put a period at the end of that story. He puts a comma because the best is yet to come. All of us are eternal creatures of God. All of us have been created in his likeness and in his image. Every single one of us. All of us have a soul. All of us, all of us will be somewhere forever. But in Christ, listen now, God is the keeper of our eternal existence. He will not only guard our soul in this life, but praise God, he will keep our soul throughout the endless ages of eternity. I've said this a thousand times, perhaps. Let this be at the thousand and the first time. God not only loved us enough to send Jesus to die for us. He loved us enough to want to spend eternity with us. For God so loved the world. When I think of this, when the storms come and your life is coming unglued, you feel the pavements run out. You're rocked with rivers of tears and, you, and you've realized that God has a different plan than what you've been praying for. The Bible gives us blessed comfort that we can lift up our eyes unto the hills. And when we do that, we know that we're looking into the face of our heavenly father who watches tenderly over us every single day. I want to give you one scripture and I'm done. This is probably one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible that I can give you for such a time as this in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.